Today, we have a special guest. My husband, Issa, is joining us for this Juneteenth episode. Issa is native to Dakar, Senegal in West Africa and an amazing artist of many mediums. But also, Issa is very spiritually gifted and has an abundance of spiritual wisdom to offer. I've learned so much from him spiritually, and I'm excited to finally have you on the podcast. Welcome, Issa. Thank you. Thank you, my sweet wife. So um, we're doing this episode because it's Juneteenth, and I just really wanted to get some of your thoughts on what's going on in the world right now and um, just chat about, um, I guess, the revolution, right? So Amadou Diallo was one of the first names in like recent history in terms of someone getting uh, killed, brutally killed by the police. And that happened in 1999. And I honestly can't believe that that happened 21 years ago because I feel like it was more recent than that, but it, it was uh, 21 years ago. That was in 1999. You were still in Senegal and hadn't even thought about coming to the U.S., right? That's, that's right. Did you hear about Amadou Diallo when you were there? Oh, yes. Um, the whole entire world hear about Amadou Diallo. Amadou Diallo awakened a lot of Africans to know exactly what's going on in America because it was a big dream for Africans to go uh, in America. It's like, you know, um, many other countries because America has these slogans that um, carrying says the land of dream and everybody was looking for that dream as well as Africans. But then when that happened, everybody started putting one step behind. Yes, we heard about Amadou Diallo. So you started to think about it. So in America, we say Diallo, so it's Jallo? Oh, yes. You know, um, sometimes names um, is spelled differently depend on um, the, the places. Um, because as Africans, um, D-A, um, D-I-A, we spell it as Ja. And Americans don't spell the Ja, they spell it as Dia, that's why you guys say it's a Diallo and we say Diallo. It's the difference. Well, thank you for that lesson. You're welcome. What do you feel Africa's role in this revolution that is occurring across the globe? That's a very interesting question. I'm glad you asked this question because there's a lot of confusion between um, Black Americans and Africans. Um... Africa was concerned about whatever was going on in America because we all are the same, black Americans and Africans. We are black all over the world, Europeans, anywhere in the world, we are all black. And what happened to black Americans hurt every black person in the world. But how people manifesting in America is different how people are manifesting in Africa. It doesn't mean that we're not concerned because recently, on Friday, I believe, Africans also went to the UN to show their support and anger 
to to what was happening to and to ask for change and ask for change how black people being treated to get fair treatment and justice so um, the confusion is a lot of people may believe that Africans uh, just back up and sit down and thinking this is only um, black Americans concern but that is not we are also concerned because we we get hurt whatever happened to any other black around the world right but also you have a lot of your own struggles in the individual countries i mean africa is a continent right there's 54 separate countries that make up africa but in senegal alone i know that there's still very much so a French stronghold there because there's been, um, I'm not going to say debate, but even with the the currency, right? The SAFA to whatever they have now, um, there's a lot of problem with the, the leaders and there's demand for change in leadership. So um, even though you celebrate like Independence Day, I think it's every April, April 4th. April 4th. I remember when we were there that uh, you referred to it as Dependence Day, which suggests that you don't have as much freedom as the perception would have you to believe. That's correct. That is so true because um, in America, um, black people are still dealing with the freedom. But it's the same that we're dealing with in Africa too, because we're still not free. Even um, we call it so, um, we call it independence, but it's just so-called independence. We're still uh, depending on the French government who have assistance or governance in our countries, and which is a lot of countries in Africa too, because um, if I name, for example, Gambia, they're still in the Commonwealth of the British which is still making them depending on the British, just like we are depending on the French. So for that, we have very limited options and a very limited freedom. Um, technically, we're still not free. It's just, it's just a different way of um, uh, control of Africans and the resources to serve, to serve the, um, the French and the Commonwealth countries to serve the British, which is what we have as a resource, a natural resource, to keep them growing um, with their, uh, you know, they... Just how they have always done, really, right? It's the resources to keep... Sometimes the truth hurts, but um, say it one time is, is the truth, you know, it's the truth because... It being like that and it's still like that. That's what the truth is. It's been like that and it's still like that. So there's no really freedom for black people on this this planet. Right. So we celebrate Juneteenth today because of the, um, it relates to the Emancipation Proclamation, which was supposed to free the slaves. However, uh, there was, Texas was one of the most remote allegedly remote slave states. Um, And so 
the last slaves there did not get word until two and a half years later. So when they got word on June 19th, that's why we celebrate Juneteenth, which is which is horrible when you think about it, because um, this is something that uh, black Americans, black Americans have always celebrated. I remember being a little girl and the local HBCU here um, always had a Juneteenth celebration. And now this year in the midst of the racial uprising, everyone wants to celebrate Juneteenth. Everyone wants to um, participate. Now, all of a sudden, uh, we are privy to uh, this day off or some type of special recognition for this date. And I think that it kind of falls in line with kind of the energy of how the things have gone with this, right? Everybody's suddenly awakened to this and it almost feels um, just kind of fake you know, and I just wonder, makes you wonder how long um, this is going to last. Um, but however, here we are and some change is still better than no change. But I really want to get your take on this because uh, there's a meme uh, that goes around often and it says, you know, we are living our ancestors' wildest dreams. So as we think about the ancestors on Juneteenth, do you think that we're really playing out our ancestors' wildest dreams and how we live today? Well, that that's going to raise a lot of questions because um, some people may think it's not, but if you really think about it and go deep, go back in the days, and look at those conditions the ancestors was living in and what they was going through. And you look at today, how um, black people living, it's gonna come back to what you said, a little change is better than no change. Because um, the condition they was in back in the days, it was really hard and they wanted something different than that. So that's something different than that, than that motivated them to, to to finally stand up and say enough is enough. We can't take it no more. We want different, we want to have kids that different than us. We want to have kids that can work in the street freely. We want to have kids that can go to the school and learn, be educated. We want to have kids that can build their own house and live in it. We want kids that can have their own vehicle and drive it. We want kids, we want kids that have the food that they want to eat, when they want to eat it and how they want to eat it. So which is going to be a different condition that they are in. So if you think about it that way, yes, this is the dream that they was having for us today to be having this freedom. Of course, it's not 100% freedom, but comparing to what they was going through, this is a freedom. So now we want a different freedom, which is more freedom than the freedom that we're having right now, because we still realize that this is still not fully freedom, it's just a different um uh, control that we're going through. It is. I think so. Like I see this this meme going around all the time and the energy of it 
is nice. It's a nice sentiment and I understand it. And, and this is totally an unpopular opinion, but I just don't believe that we are living our ancestors' wildest dreams. In many ways, I believe that we're surviving a version of the nightmare that our ancestors survived. And I feel like fundamentally, we're all just wishing that it could be over. You know, it's one form of confinement after the other, you know, from slavery to Jim Crow to mass incarceration to all the police brutality. It's just, it just keeps the plot just keeps thickening. Um, and I know for sure when it comes to Africa, I feel like I had a really big uh, misconception that just in my disconnection from Africa that West Africans didn't care or have a vested interest in the descendants of Africans that were captured and made to be slaves in the U.S. But one thing that really opened my eyes uh, was that um, when we visited the monument at Place de Souvenir, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I learned so much about the freedom fighters and how it truly... Um, enlightened me and made me feel even more connected to have tangible evidence and names to call upon upon those that never wanted what ultimately was our fate, which was to suffer for generations. And even till this day, of course, we're still suffering. Um, so I don't feel that we are, we have arrived in any way, but um, taking it back to to the freedom fighters, I had no idea. I mean, in school here, you know, we learned about at some point like Marcus Garvey in Liberia and different things like that. And I didn't attend at HBCU. So there are plenty of people that have way more knowledge about um, all of the goings on than I do. But, um, but going to Africa and seeing all of those names of people that fought for that and that was your history and that's what you got to grow up with it so how do you how do you think about that now how do you relate to that now that you're living in the U.S. temporarily <laughs> yes <laughs> you know um, there's a lot of a lot of story being changed and a lot of story being untold especially to the black people maybe um, if black people knew that, uh, things would be different. So for maybe for some of those reasons, a lot of story being kept secret or a lot of story being removed and a lot of story being changed. Because um, sometimes I would hear a lot of my um, brothers and sisters saying, oh yes, your ancestors sold our ancestors to white people. Um, it's a common story that a lot of my brothers and sisters believe. But if they knew that those ancestors put their lives and fought so bad with those who came in to kill them, rape them, murder them, and capture them and brought them abroad and sold them as slaves, there is endless list people who were standing and fighting. Of course, we was limited because those who came in to fight as they come with very dangerous weapons, bad weapons that can be in a distance and kill a lot of people. We didn't have those kind of weapons to fight back with those people. So for that, it was really 
hard conditions to fight with those people. However, we did the best we can. You know, we stand up a lot of freedom fighters in less list. That's why when you come into my country, I took you to that place and show you that we was not just sitting down and selling people. That that story is, it's not accurate. There was a lot of fighters who was fighting because because of those today we have this freedom we having today. If it was not those, we would still be in the same condition or maybe even worse than um, this, uh, the, the black people was going through here. So yeah. whatever um, you guys been told that we were sitting down and just selling people, that is not correct. Yeah. We fight, we fight to the last minute. We fight to the last minute until we finally get the freedom we was um, dreaming about too. Right. You know, this conversation is making me think about, too, the first time you took me to Gore Island mm -hmm. and the energy over there is just you can't help but like you don't need to be an empath or to be um, gifted to feel the energy there. But I think even so, it magnifies the energy like if you are. And tell me about the first time that you went to the island or what you remember when you were young going to Gore Island. Yes, that's right, because... Um, Gore Island is still a place where um, reality can't lie. The fact is there. It's a place where a lot of horrible things happened from those colonizers to our ancestors. So tell us what Gore Island is. So Gore Island is an island where um, when they capture our ancestors, they brought them to that specific island before they send them abroad. But a lot of things happen in that Gore Islands that you can't even imagine. You can't imagine a lot of bad things happen there. Um, the the real slavery started from those islands. It's, it's many of them. It's, it's many of them because there's one in Ghana. There's all over the all over the place. There's a Africa. few different door. Uh, it's called the door of no return. Right. right? The, the door of no return in the in the prison that is in Gore, where they was incarcerating the black people. I mean the ancestors as a slave, and controlling them. So those who resist the most, there is a door in the in the prison. The door that when they took you out of that door, what they do is they take you take you in a boat and go far from the island and throw you in the water and leave you there. And that time there was a lot of shark and a lot of um, different kind of. So do you mean that water. it's not just a meme for the fact that they were going to board the ships and never come back to West Africa, but there was also a lot of torture and punishment that happened before then. And you know, the most fascinating yes. thing that I, I thought when I'm visiting there is how it sat with a perfectly clear view of Dakar. So it just set the stage for the fact that our ancestors were stalked and they were watched and monitored, and it was very deliberate. Um, that's correct. And I think that's one of the parts of it that makes it so emotional, not just the fact that they could never come back home and they were tortured and they were in these prisons, but that it was deliberate. It was on purpose, and there was a very strategic plan, and they're still um, at the one in, in Gore, the, oh. that missile, um, yes. and there. So 
it was it was very um it was very treacherous it was it was really um the energy is just it's still there right you can the you can never escape there, from it um because um i myself the first time i went to that island after learning about the the history about those ancestors and what they was going through, how they was torturing them and then send them abroad to sell them as slaves. Um, me not experiencing that same that ancestors was experiencing and knowing that they was fighting for me to be free. When I get to that island, I was so emotional that I couldn't hold it, but I have to cry. I couldn't hold it because when I get into those, those cells, and realizing one of my ancestors was in this room here and suffering and dying and dreaming that I shouldn't be into that same room. And that day I went into that room and knowing that they was fighting for me to not, to not be like them. That was hard. That was hard. And that same cell is still there until today. And I know the one who put them there and is still there controlling me today. It's horrible, it's horrible. Well, this is definitely getting heavy. And I think that that is, um, that's just a part of it. That is a part of the trauma that we experience um, today. It's very alive and well for us. Uh, we are forever grief written for all of the things that we've had to experience and for all of the blood memories that we have um, that our ancestors have experienced. But I want to shift gears just a little bit and just talk about spirituality because the other component in this, I feel like in overcoming um, the trauma of this um, and getting to a higher place, a higher vibration globally is, is, is through spirituality. And spirituality is very alive in Africa. No matter where you visit, it's like you can definitely connect with the, the spiritual essence that is just so rich um, on the continent. Um, when we were in Senegal, it's normal to encounter spirituality. It's normal to encounter marabous or shamans or any number of things. Why do you think it's so different here? Why is spirituality so absent from the culture here? And how does that play a role in what's going on now? Um, spirituality, why it's so absent here is... It's easy to answer that question. I will start with saying distraction. It's a lot of distraction here because um, spirituality, you have to focus in it to be in it. You can't be in it if you're not focus, focusing in it. So the difference with Africa is we are born in the spirituality and we grow with it because everything around you is so spiritual. You respect things the way is is taught in a spiritual way, respecting people in a spiritual way, and learning spirituality at the same time you're going. 
if you compare it to here, it's hard because um, people are very distracted with many different things. You know, people are stressed, um, got a lot going on, work, games, music, you know, just, you just keep, you can keep going on and on with the list that distract you and put you away from spirituality because you don't even have time for your own self to sit down and meditate even for five minutes. But, you know, as I think about it now and you talk about the stress, I think about the difference between walking around in Senegal, right, and walking around here. And I think that even though you still definitely have a French influence there, it's the same like the 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 tank over there on Gore Island, not to go back to that, but just to briefly touch that, how you can have a clear view, but it's removed from the actual city. And I think that's a meme for how it is over there with you with racism. Like it's still very much so a thing and the French definitely control the interest over there, but it's removed and you don't experience it. So you're free from the distraction um, of having to be in a constant state of survival mode as it pertains to your race. But also Black Americans here are so distracted because we are consumed with having trauma and microaggressions and inequality in our workplace always on the forefront. And I think that contributes to our stress level. Do you think working here that you've experienced that as well? Yes, um, I never really truly understand the, the real meaning of stress. I used to hear it and I used to say it myself before I came here in America. Um, I used to say, oh, I'm so stressed or oh, I'm so tired. But the real meaning, when I came here, that's when I know what really stress means. Because stress here is really stress and stress over there is different. I'm not going to say it's not stress, but it's, it's different. Because... Um, over there, you still can focus without worrying about a lot of things. But here, the first thing you worry about is your life when you get out from your own door. The moment you close your door, your life is already in danger. Even sometimes in your own house, your life may be in danger. For example, if I take a place like Florida, you're not even sure that when you sleep at night, you're going to wake up with a full house. A hurricane can come on it all the time and then you're exposed or you're even gone. So your life is always in danger. That's That already itself is a stress. Right. Not to mention the situation with Breonna Taylor when the police exactly. came into the house and shot her dead in exactly. her home while she was sleeping, right? Exactly. Here you can be in your house. You can be shot dead. You can be in your vehicle. You shot. You can be walking the street and get shot. So it's like the stress is in a in a level where it hit the roof already, the red, the red line is already crossed with the stress. And then now you come to justice. Like the fair, the fairness is way totally different as when you were different country from, I mean, different continent from here. Because you know that you're going um, through things that you know you're not supposed to go with, but you have no choice but to accept it. So that acceptance with that already put you in, in, in some situation where you're always going to be angry about it and you're going to be so stressed about it because you know that, however, if you don't accept that, you're going to end up in a different situation. Right, right. And you, you're avoiding that situation so badly 
that you have to accept this, but more you accept it, worse it gets. Right. That's not a stress, you know, and it just keep going on and on. But, you know, another thing that I learned from there is that you don't do anything without considering spirituality, right? You don't start a new endeavor. You don't take a, a new house. You don't do anything unless you consider your spirituality first, right? Is correct. that correct? That's right. Yeah. Um, so you know that I believe that having spirituality in the workplace and getting more emotional clarity in the workplace is going to be key in changing um, the conversation, the narrative in terms of racial bias and just helping people um, understand more, come to a place of empathy more. How do you feel that that's going to affect um, the organizations if that were to occur with what you know about spirituality? Um, spirituality... There is nothing in this planet that spirituality can cannot help, because um, spirituality is the key for everything. It starts with 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 your own belief, your faith, and spirituality is not limited in a religion or in a ethnicity or in a core or in a in a culture. Spirituality is everywhere, is everyone, but. How do you interact with spirituality? That will get you to a place where things that you was not expecting to be, and then find yourself there. Right. Um, I think that is is so true. I think there is nothing nothing that spirituality can't handle. But I think what I find here that's different than it than Africa and the way that West Africans in particular regard it is that here is is regarded as woo woo or too out there to be considered something that could be introduced into an organization, right? But you've seen me have workshops and talk to people about their emotions. And sometimes I defer to you when people have a really complicated situation because you, you did grow up in it and you have many gifts and you have so much spiritual wisdom. So how do you feel like talking about your emotions and considering spirit can help you be more mature and can help you? Like, do you feel like that can help to involve an employee, like to help them evolve? Yes. Just like I said, um, spirituality is everywhere. There's a lot going on with, with us in this life because there's a lot of things we cannot figure out and there's a lot of things we cannot see and, or understand. Like our roadblocks, right? Like a, That's exactly what I'm trying to talk about. Because um, we are, it's like we are walking in the nighttime in darkness without light. So that is difficult to go far and fast because there's a lot of obstacles in front of us. So those obstacles, only few among us can see those and also be able to help to remove those. So for that, we need those particular people who can help us to do um, that, that particular job, that, that particular um, that's the, the need, that help, to help us to clear our way and bring the light so that we can see, we can see further and, and go faster and, 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 and in the right way. So spirituality can help everywhere, especially 
um, emotionally and, and, and enlightening your life and, and give you a clear sight to keep going. If either you are in a corporation or individually or you're in any type of organization because when people gather, when people gather it, they definitely need help because without those helps, there's a lot that they're going through that they may not understand or they may not see even, let, let me say, like there's a world that we see and a world that we don't see. That unseen world, some people can help you, only some people can help you go through the unseen world and everybody passes through those unseen world because we live with it. Either we know it or not, we live in that world. We live in a world that we see and we live in a world that we don't see. For example, like when you lay down at night, you're sleeping, you have a dream, a real dream, a vivid dream that that makes you believe when you wake up that uh, you see reaction on you, like you're breathing so hard or you're sweating or you, 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 you're aware that what you were seeing is so true, it's so real. So that is not unreal. That's a, another dimension that you've been through and come back. So, for example, things like that, unseen world that when you open your eyes, you can't see it no more, but when you were sleeping, you know that was real, you know that was there, you know he was there, you know he you know was doing whatever he was doing, was there, it's real. But world like this exists in this world and we're living in it without seeing it, without realizing, without knowing it. So sometimes what happened, they affect what happened here too. Absolutely. Yes, what Absolutely. happened What happened in those world affect what happened in this world here. Sometimes you feel like you can't go nowhere. You can't go no further. You can't do anything. Nothing, nothing works for you. Everything is going down. Everything is going backward. Why? Because there's things that blocking you out there that have to be removed in order for you to move on from this world. That's why you definitely need spiritual work to help you out to remove those and help you to clear your way and, and, and keep guiding. And that's for everybody, right? Because I think yes. the misconception to some people have, some of my new clients that set forward, like they want the help, but they are worried about too many things like, you know, like how they'll be seen or how they'll be viewed. But what I've learned is that spirituality is for everything. It doesn't matter if you have a specific problem or not, you can still be enlightened from whatever level that you're currently sitting at, right? Because if you were at the highest point, we wouldn't be here anymore, right? Because That's the whole right. purpose of life is ascension, right? The other thing I feel like gets in the way is also the religious aspect. And you touched on that. It doesn't have anything to do with religion per se, because sleep, which I never thought about making that comparison, you know, it tells you that that's tangible for everyone, right? You sleep, you dream. You may not dream every single night, but you often visit another dimension of consciousness. It's just that some people have the ability to do that in their waking state. Right, exactly. Um, and so in doing so, they're able to help you remove those invisible barriers, are able to relate to you and help you to put language to things that you are experiencing that you may not even know how to describe. Right. And just having that awareness in your psyche helps you to be able to move through them. But, you know, the other thing is that in Africa, in West Africa, in Senegal, our beloved Senegal, which we will return to very soon, um, is that... Um, everything is passed orally, 
right? Mm-hmm. And here I notice with spirituality, because um, I've grown up here, obviously, but the more I get into spirituality, people have such a need for um, a tangible in spirituality, but spirit is not tangible. Uh, so how do you feel about the fact that we force it to be so tangible? We force that in terms of books. We force that. Do you feel like that takes away the mystique of spirituality? Well, um, you know, in a spiritual world, it's different um, a little bit with this world because spiritual world have its own rules and regulations, just like how it is in here. Here, you have rules and regulations in everything. Just think about law. The law helps you to have limits it should. and the way that things should go. Even though it doesn't apply to everybody, of course, because um, nothing is really fair in this planet. As well as in the spiritual world, it's not even fair over there too because um, some people are way too powerful. Just like here, some people are way too powerful among the other people. And it can be in a negative way spiritually too. Right? Exactly. So here you can see a lot of good people as well as a lot of bad people. In the spiritual world, same. You can see a lot of good spiritual people as well as a lot of bad spiritual people. But now, here's the thing. Um, if you get into spiritual world, there's a basic rules that you have to follow in order to get to a different place in the spirituality. Which means, first of all, you have to learn under someone. Just like here, you have to go to school and learn under the teacher. You cannot just uh, grow up without learning from no one and just know everything. It's just impossible if you think about it that way. So in a spiritual way too, it doesn't mean that you read books that now you're spiritual. It's different because there's some lot of secrets that only someone can show you. You cannot read those. You, 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 someone have to show you those. That's why it's, uh, it's kind of hard here um, how people um, addressing spirituality because a lot of people will just read some books oh, and they think, oh, now I'm spiritual. Do you I think in that way that, that we have a lack of respect for spirituality in America? Yes, that would create it. That would definitely create it because if you don't learn, the, if you don't learn things the right way, you cannot really know the value or you cannot give the, 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 the value of, of, of things. It's different than um, uh, let me give you this example. Um, if you go to school and you spend a lot of years learn a specific skill and you become an engineer on that skill and you become a genius on that skill. So you, 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 you went um, to the field and practice, work on it and have a lot of experience in it. You respect it more than the one who just come in and they show him a little bit, oh, here are a couple of books about it, and just jump in the field and says, oh, I'm, ex- I'm an expert now. It's different. Right. You know, you know everything, all the secrets in it. You know the danger parts, you know the shortcuts, and you know the good parts about it. But this one who's new in it, he cannot respect it as you respect him. Right. So that, that's a problem here because a lot of people don't really, don't really work for spirituality. They don't, they don't dedicate any time for spiritual. They just take a couple of books, read it, and consider themselves as spiritual and just go get some sage or 
some uh, whatever, <laughs> some ring or some bell and sit down and consider themselves as spiritual. No, you can't consider yourself as spiritual unless you learn it and or you're born with it. Even though you're born in it, you, you still need it. development. You still need development. And that is, you have to have a mentor, you have to have a guide, you have to have a help for that in order to 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 know the secrets and the, 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 the rules in it. So in order for you to, to respect it as it is, because if you don't respect it, you're not gaining nothing from it. You right. have to respect it to gain what's in there. That's why spirituality doesn't belong to any religion, anybody, any anyone can be spiritual. But right. The word also is everyone individually. Right. Right. Well, I think I just have one more question because you know I could pick your brain all day. So for my final question, I want to ask you about Black Americans returning to the continent of Africa. Ghana proclaimed last year as the year of the return and thousands of Black Americans showed up and had an amazing time for the festivities that they offered. But now Ghana is calling for Black Americans or African Americans to come home to stay. What are your thoughts? Um, that's a very interesting question because to begin with, I will say um, to all my brothers and sisters out there that no one shouldn't even wait until Ghana or anywhere in Africa call my brothers and sisters back because if you listen to the words, it says going back home. That's home. That's home. You shouldn't wait until until someone call you to go to your home. You should already take yourself home and see what home looks like. Because whatever you're doing outside is still not home. But when you say home, that's where you belong to. And that's where every brother and sister should be going back and forth or go back there because whatever is out there, we build it there. We make it happen there. If we do the same effort, we do the same same work back home, back home would be just like out there or even more, even better. So I don't think any brother and sister should wait until they call you, say, come back home. That's what I'm going to begin with because anywhere you go in this planet, there's only one place that you're going to land and hear this word says, welcome home. That's only Africa. Anywhere else you go, you're just going to either waste your time or waste your money. It is good to travel, you know, go on vacation, having fun, whatever. But to be home is only one place for any black in the world. And that place is Africa. So I think it should be everywhere in Africa, not just Ghana, but all over the Africa, because anywhere you go to Africa, that's home for you. If you if you figure out and find out where exactly your ancestors from, your ancestors from uh, in Africa, that's good too. But as a black person, you should know that anywhere in Africa is home for you, and that's the only place where you get and you you see the same person look just like you and welcome you says welcome home because that is home. Right. 
Well, it's certainly nothing like the feeling you receive when you hear someone say, welcome home, as you stand on the continent of Africa for the very first time. And sometimes for the second, third, or fourth time, you you never you never get used to the feeling that you receive because it it is a, such a sense of belonging just even in those two words. But I can't help but to think about mom, my mom, when I hear you answer the question because I can just almost hear her say, well, should we just sacrifice all that we've built here to return to something unknown? What would you say to that? What would I say to that is, I will use a couple of examples. There's a lot of celebrities in America. If I, if I try to name them, it's going to be an endless list. But for example, think about um, 50 cents, for example. He spent a lot of money to buy a house that was belonged to someone else, another celebrities, which is a lot of money, very expensive. So think about that amount of money. He wants get something in Africa with that um, amount of money. I'm not going to say a house, but he's going to get a whole village by himself. If it's an island, he's going to get a whole island by himself with the same amount of money that he's going to own, build, done. So you're here, you work very hard, you, you, you do a lot of work, study, and then spend a lot of money. That, that already is a sacrifice. And half of that will get you twice of what you get here. So what else sacrifice, what more sacrifice you want to do to build your own house? What more sacrifice you want to do to breathe in your own home? What more sacrifice you want to do to feel the ocean, feel the, feel the sun, and feel the real life in your own home? Comparing to where you are, you're sacrificing yourself, and you're suffering, and you keep suffering, and you keep suffering. Compare these two. So what I hear you saying is that Yes, there's going to be sacrifice all around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing nothing happened just like that. Everything taken effort and a hard work, which means sacrifice. Yes. But more than that, you're saying the investment in Africa, the investment in home, the investment in each other is more important than the sacrifice of what we've built here or what we've tried to establish here in That's the United correct. States. That's correct. Because investing on your own, investing on yourself is 10 times better than investing on something else. Something else that is not guaranteed that you own it because anytime you can lose it, there's no guarantee. But when you invest in yourself, it's just like you you develop your own intuitive or your own um, spirituality. So that's you. You own it now. You own it. Nobody's going to take away that from you. Well, uh, I think that uh, that is a very uh, profound insight. And I really just want to thank you so much for sharing your heart, your thoughts, and your wisdom with us. Um, I would absolutely love for you to come back and chat with me again. Would you join me again? Thank you so much for allowing me to have this beautiful opportunity to talk to you and everybody who's listening and inviting everybody again. Hopefully we will meet again in another time and come with a different subjects and different thoughts. But in the meanwhile, spread the peace and spread the love and let's give hand to each other. Thank you very much. 
Well, all right. All my friends heard that. You're definitely coming back. And thanks so much to everyone listening for joining us today. Wherever you are on your journey and in the world, pause for a moment and consider the ancestors today so that they may fill you with light and wisdom for years to come. Follow me at underscore life of an empath underscore if you would like to get an ancestral reading with me. I generally offer these a few times a year, so pull up to my DMs and holla at the ancestors. Please connect me to a friend, coworker, or relative of yours that needs to hear this episode now. Send it over to them, even if you've already told them all about how intuitive guidance can help and they haven't made their move yet. My hope is that you will always consider me a resource for spiritual wisdom and all things soul level. I can't wait to connect with you. Take care.